0: Hey, doll. Hey, doll. I'm your host, Paula. And I'm your host, Cynthia. And we are Dolls Dolls and Doom. Doom. I did something so mean last week. We were talking about the Rebecca Sahau case. You left us on a cliffhanger. I left you on a cliffhanger. So we're going to pick up where we left off. Let me go back and tell you, if you have not listened to the first episode on Rebecca Sahau, you need to listen to that because none of this is going to make any sense until you listen to that. Where we left off, Adam had woken up, walked outside, found Rebecca hanging from a balcony, nude, bound, arms tied behind her back, ankles tied. We later found out that she was on her period. The knots that she was tied with, she could have potentially tied herself, but it was unusual. There were two knives, a steak knife and then a larger chef's knife in the room where she would have hung herself from. The rope was tied to a footboard in this bedroom. And then she went out the window off the balcony. The larger chef's knife had Rebecca's fingerprints on the blade. The smaller knife had her blood on the handle. And it is believed that that was menstrual blood.
1: Now, why would menstrual blood be on a knife handle? Unless it was on your hand and then you touched... The
0: handle right but there was no blood anywhere on her hands there was no visible blood on her body
1: anywhere or they stuck the handle inside of her that is
0: one of the theories that she was penetrated possibly sexually abused with this knife handle if this was foul play because there are two official rulings on this case the police have said it is officially a suicide there was a civil trial brought by rebecca's family and they found that someone was actually responsible for her death And I'll tell you about that a little more in a few. So we have two official rulings. They're both on paper as what happened. We were just talking like, you know, last week. That It's just strange if you are going to kill yourself, that you would hang yourself nude, that you would bind yourself, penetrate yourself with a a knife handle. That makes no sense to me. There's this cryptic message written in paint on the interior door of this bedroom. Remind us what that said. So that said, she saved him. Can he save her? And that doesn't make sense if it's a suicide. Right. What do you make of this message? Yeah, I don't know what it means. It's just weird. Well, it makes no sense. So you're right. not you're not wrong to not know what that means. She saved him. We can assume that means Max. Remember, Max is still alive. We know that Max ultimately dies. Right. But at this point, he had not died. However, the police are telling us that Rebecca was told just a couple of hours before she did this to herself, that Max was not going to make it.
1: In the message that no one ever heard except for the police. Right. And her. She heard it. Yeah. So this
0: voicemail is left. She's upset because essentially her stepson, they weren't married, but it was a long-term relationship. She lived there. She helped take care of him. Isn't going to make it. And so she's distraught with guilt and, and kills herself. After leaving this message in black paint... She saved him. Can he save her? But it doesn't make sense. She saved him. But she didn't save him because he died. Right. She attempted to save him. When I hear this, I think anger. I think she saved him. Can you save her? Like written sarcastically. Right. Okay. Like, oh, you couldn't save him. So now who's going to save you kind of thing. That's where my mind goes. My mind goes to Rebecca didn't write this. Somebody else wrote this. And it's anger.
1: Yeah, I I get that vibe from it too. Right.
0: A handwriting analysis did come in and look at this handwriting and said, because it's like in big block, black paint, Mm -hmm. block letters. It's definitely not a feminine hand or anything like that. But a handwriting analysis said that this was not Rebecca's handwriting. However, that has to be taken with a grain of salt because writing in paint on a vertical surface is not the same as like writing with a pen on paper and they just can't be compared. It is interesting to note that where this message was painted on this door was above Rebecca's head. So instead of being like in a comfortable place to paint, she would have had to hold her arm up high to paint it, which is not natural. No. I would put my
1: more eye level, maybe? Yeah, something that you can reach comfortably. Right, as opposed to having to paint above my head. Plus, I'd like to point out the fact that if she really was doing this way above her head, it would have dripped. Depending on how much paint she had on the brush. And also, was the paint found in the house? Like, was it something that was already there? There was a paint tube found in the
0: bedroom, and it did have Rebecca's fingerprints on it.
1: Okay. So that
0: is one of these things that we're going to talk about. The only sign of anybody in that room that was, like, forensically tested was Rebecca. There was no DNA in the room. No there one else's DNA. There was some mixed DNA. There was some mixed DNA. But in 2011... It wasn't enough that they could test. Okay. The only DNA that could be tested was Rebecca's. That alone doesn't make sense because if Adam cut her down and then performed CPR on her like he said he did in the 911 call, why isn't his DNA on the knife that Mm -hmm. he used to cut her down? It wasn't. Nor were his fingerprints. And why isn't his DNA on her body? It wasn't. Was he wearing gloves? I don't know. It's crazy. I I don't know. There's like, to me, there's no explanation for that. So going back to the DNA, the only DNA in the room that was found and able to be tested was Rebecca's. Since 2011, we now have the capability of testing that mixed DNA that they found, but investigators have chosen not to. So we don't know what that might tell us. That might tell us if there was, who the second person was, if there was a second person. Keep in mind, Rebecca didn't live there alone. So it would not be unheard of to me to find somebody else's DNA in that room.
1: Right. There should have been someone else's right. DNA.
0: And that is part of the suspicion, too, that they only found Rebecca's. And we'll talk about that a little more in a, in a minute. Let's go back to when she was found hanging and just the way that scene was handled. The medical examiner did not arrive on the scene until 12 hours after Rebecca was discovered. What? Right. Why? Why? I don't know. And on top of that, get this. Rebecca was left laying in the grass in the middle of this courtyard, nude, for a lot of that time. She was left there for so long that overhead helicopters were able to take photographs of her laying there in the yard naked. And these photos are all over the internet. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty crappy. Yeah. First of all, a lot can happen to a body in 12 hours in July in California. Yeah. That makes the testing that you're going to do later less accurate, I'm assuming. Right. It's going to be more difficult to get a definitive answer. Right. On top of that, you've got a woman laying here nude for hours and hours and hours. Respectfully cover her up. Right. You got helicopters flying overhead. Right. You know what they're doing. You can't hear them. You know they're taking photos. I understand you have to process her. I just have a hard time believing that she had to have been laying there so exposed for so long. Right. Mary, Rebecca's sister later tells when she does interviews and stuff like that she feels that this is a scenario where jonah is this rich rich millionaire who police don't want to take off and rebecca was a little poor girl an asian who there may have been some racial profiling essentially a nobody and that is literally the word that mary used to describe how she felt the police looked at rebecca and she thinks that's why this this was just, like, ruled a suicide, even though it like really doesn't seem like a suicide in so many ways. Right. It just they, seems like a quick answer
1: for right. something they don't want to investigate.
0: Right. We don't want to take this guy off. And she – nobody – you know, her family doesn't have any money. Nobody Nobody's going to care Right. if we make her the bad guy kind of thing. So we'll just call it a suicide and close this one up and move on kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's going to be less trouble for everybody. So if that is the case, that might explain why – They didn't take care of her body. Right. It just doesn't show a lot of respect to me. And again, I don't know. I don't do this for a living. Maybe there's some reason. But I've heard other, you know, interviews and people talking about it and people who, you know, they'd bring in people, maybe other doctors who would say that there's really no excuse for a body to lay there for 12 hours. There's really no excuse for her to be laying there nude, completely exposed for so long. Yeah, you have to process her. You have to do certain things. You don't want to contaminate everything. But this was extensive. Yeah, 12
1: hours is way extensive. Right.
0: There's not really a good answer as to why she was left like that. And so I just bring up the racial thing that Mary brings up later because thinking, well, if that's truly what was happening, maybe that explains why they didn't care. Yeah, I can see why she felt that way. Right. So Rebecca's first autopsy revealed four instances of head trauma in addition to like scratches and stuff on her face that those were minor, but she had four like real traumas to her head. And this trauma alone has caused all kinds of theories. So San Diego medical examiner, Jonathan Lucas stated that because there was evidence that she went over the balcony in a non-vertical position, she may have struck her head on the balcony on the way down. And that is what Would have caused her head lacerations, her head injuries. And any one of these would be enough to make you unconscious. I can see that. Forensic consultant Dr. Maurice Godwin expressed doubt with this theory, saying that the chances of bumping into the railing, going over the balcony and hitting your head four times is highly unlikely. She's like five foot one or two, and maybe a hundred pounds. So she is petite can only say this as respectfully as I can say it but like if you were to jump over like how far you'd swing and how hard you'd
1: hit. Right especially if you're so lightweight and so petite I can see you bouncing here and there on your way down.
0: And remember we mentioned last week that the bed that she had tied presumably she tied herself to only moved seven inches. So the weight of her falling out that window or jumping out that window or being thrown out that window whatever happened only moved the bed seven inches every single recreation anyone did of this scene using a dummy of the same height and weight moved the bed 28 inches so the bed should have moved a lot more than it did right if she actually jumped out the window what does that mean i don't know somebody just drop her down gingerly her neck did not break That is atypical in a long fall like this. Okay. Normally in hangings, long drops, your neck breaks. Hers didn't. So she suffocated. Oh, that's awful. Right. Now, whether that was self maybe inflicted and she meant to hang herself and hoped that it would be a quick death, perhaps, and it just went wrong, or perhaps she was suffocated prior to ever even being strung up. So Sheriff Gore, again, he really felt like this was suicide. And he even said that that message written on that door, though it wasn't a clear suicide note, his investigators did use it to further their belief that Rebecca committed suicide. So it wasn't like your typical suicide note. But it was enough for them to be like, yeah, no, it's a suicide note. Yeah, that's good enough. And one of the things that they used to cement this theory of theirs is that Rebecca did like to paint. So obviously she wrote that. (laughs) Obviously. Yeah, that's what that means. Right. So we talked about how Rebecca's DNA was the only DNA that was able to be confirmed in the room. And it was found on the knots of the rope and on the knives used to cut the rope. The black paint on her hands came from a paint tube. And her fingerprints were found on that. Her foot and heel prints were found in the dust on the balcony. So the balcony was really dusty remember her feet were really dirty oh that's right and her footprints were in that dust out there okay in like a v-shaped as if your ankles were tied together gotcha other than one investigator's boot print literally only rebecca's footprints in the whole room so there you have it investigators call it a suicide but a lot of us think that doesn't sound right so if it wasn't a suicide who did this Well, the first person, obviously, to look at is the only other person who was there, allegedly, and that was Adam Shacknai. These knots that were used to tie Rebecca up, they were nautical knots. Do you know how to tie nautical knots? Nope. Me neither. I only know how to tie, like, one knot, and it's, like, your basic knot. Yeah, I know how to tie my shoes. (laughs) Yeah, like that. (laughs) That's really all I know how. But she was tied in more advanced nautical knots, Adam's a tugboat captain, so he would have known how to tie these knots. That's quite a coincidence. It is. Nowadays, if I wanted to tie a knot, I could just YouTube it. Oh, yeah. And was YouTube around in 2011? I'm sure it was. I don't remember when it started. It probably wasn't... As popular. Right. Now you can find anything you want on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Anytime anyone says, how do you do this? I'm like, YouTube it. I don't know, but YouTube it. How to perform cardiac surgery. There you go. You just... (laughs) I can do it myself from my living room. But in 2011, 10 years ago, you probably wouldn't have had the same amount of information available to you. So I don't think it's unheard of that she might have been able to learn how to tie these knots. But at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily, I don't know. I just think it's weird.
1: Yeah. And are you really going to learn that just so you can kill yourself? Let me stop and figure out how to do this so I can tie it this way for my suicide. Right. Right. Those
0: were the knots around her hands and feet were the nautical knots. And then I mentioned last week that there was tape residue around her calves where it looked like tape had been wrapped around her legs three times in an effort to bind her. And then that didn't work out for whatever reason. And so that was abandoned. And then the rope was used instead. But there was no tape anywhere. Where was the tape? Yeah, that was my question. That's a big thing.
1: If she did this to herself why isn't there tape in the trash can or on the floor or wherever to me that points to someone did it and they're cleaning up after themselves so you can't see their fingerprints me too i touched this i'm gonna take it with me me too i, I have no explanation for the tape being gone
0: if she did this to herself i will say that the knots around her neck and actually around the bed those were slip knots probably the most damning information to me even though it is probably circumstantial If this guy didn't do it, man, he is one unlucky guy. Adam was found to have been looking at pornography the morning that he discovered Rebecca. And the subject of his searches were rape, sexy Asian girls, and bondage anime.
1: Oh my god. That's really damning. That's bad, right? That's really bad. Now, is it
0: possible that was just what he was into and it just was really bad luck? Sure. Sure. But man, the day of. The day of. Apparently, he woke up, took a shower, masturbated to this pornography on his iPhone, and then walked out and found her. Wow. That's just too big of a coincidence for me. If you had nothing to do with this, you have bad luck. Yeah. It was September that the San Diego Sheriff's Department officially ruled Rebecca's death a suicide. Rebecca's family, as we know, did not agree with the sheriff's finding, and they ended up having her body exhumed later that year. And they hired Dr. Cyril Wecht, a forensic pathologist who worked on cases including JFK and John Benet Ramsey. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So this person knows what they're doing. Dr. Wecht performed another examination of the body and concluded that Rebecca's death was the result of homicide. So we have two official autopsies one is suicide. And one is homicide. Because of these findings, Rebecca's family filed a wrongful death civil lawsuit against none other than Adam Shacknight. During Adam's trial, Dr. Wex said the cause of death was trauma at the base of Rebecca's neck, which he said is consistent with manual strangulation. So he believes that Rebecca was actually strangled and then hung to look like she committed suicide. And that, honestly, for me, might explain why the bed didn't move. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't like she was actually jumping out. Right. She was maybe Someone already dead. Someone picked her up. Yeah. yeah. To me, that also might explain why her neck didn't break. Because he didn't have to just throw her out the window. She could have already been dead. He strung her up and just even lowered her, possibly. Yeah. Gently placed her out the window. Mm-hmm. It also explains the nakedness and the period. Right. It explains why a knife handle may have been used to penetrate her vaginally.
1: I'm humiliating you even after death. Right.
0: And the alleged motive for this would have been sexual assault. This doctor believes that those head traumas on Rebecca were actually from her being hit in the head. Okay. And that was used to subdue her before she was then strangled and then this was staged. There was an interview with some of Rebecca's family members. So I haven't seen this anywhere other than directly coming from the family. But the police describe this scene as there not being any signs of a struggle. However, according to some of Rebecca's family members, there was a chair knocked over in this room. Which, why would there be a chair knocked over? Also, there was a dryer sheet laying on the floor in this room. And was there a laundry basket? Like, laundry had just been brought into the room? Nope there was no reason to explain why that dryer sheet was there. Apparently, dryer sheets are used to wipe down rooms, to clean things. The police say there was no evidence of this room being scrubbed, yet there was a dryer sheet laying in the floor. I don't know that I would initially jump to like dryer sheet used to remove fingerprints. Right, I would never thought of that. I have, however, used dryer sheets to clean my baseboards. Oh, okay. It's not just like a piece of tissue, it's got like that kind of oily sticky residue on it or whatever it is and i heard that that helps repel dust you can wipe off your baseboards and they'll be dusty again tomorrow or you can wipe it off with a dryer sheet and that film will kind of be left behind and kind of like how it does with static and just repel the dust when i heard this i thought okay that that does kind of make sense that someone might use a dryer sheet to wipe down knives knife handles things like that yeah Another thing about fingerprints and that knife, Rebecca's fingerprints were found on the blade. And some people believe that she may have, the way they were found, it was like she was holding the blade, potentially trying to cut the bindings that were holding her Oh, so like behind her back trying to cut her own bindings. Right. The fingerprints were like in a weird position. Gotcha. Okay, so this jury for Adam's trial also heard from a neighbor who in a videotaped deposition testified that she heard Rebecca scream for help the night she died. This neighbor is Marsha Allison, and Marsha lived one door down from the Spreckles Mansion, and she said that at 11.40 p.m., she heard a 20 or 30-something-year-old woman scream, help me, help me. And she knows this happened because prior to the screaming, she heard kids talking outside, and then once she heard this scream, the kids stopped talking. So she knows that it was, one, not the children. Right. And two, she was, like, extra paying attention because she was already, like, awake and listening to the kids. So after more than six weeks, the jury ruled in favor of the family, awarding nearly $5.2 million in damages. And Adam Shackney, of course, appealed this verdict. However, before San Diego Superior Court Judge Bacall could rule on the appeal... Rebecca's family agreed to a settlement, and the judge dismissed the case, but said on the record that there was sufficient evidence to find Adam Shacknai responsible for Rebecca's death. The suit was then settled out of court for more than $5 million. Adam maintained he was not responsible for Rebecca's death. The judge in the civil trial said that the sheriff's investigation leaves as many questions unanswered as it answered, and that it is fair to ask who, in fact, killed Rebecca Zahow. So there are still credible people out there questioning the suicide findings. Wow. In June 2013, the Spreckles Mansion sold for $9 million, which was far less than the asking price. And then it sold again in 2020 for $11 million dollars. As recently as August 2019, Rebecca's family offers a $100,000 reward for any information leading to the arrest and conviction of Adam Shacknai for Rebecca's death. So they are absolutely not letting this go. No. and I, I don't, don't think, blame them. Right. Now, I'm not saying I think Adam Shacknai murdered her because I truly have to walk away from this case saying, I don't know. It could absolutely go either way. I mean, there's enough here that I think, man, if she killed herself, what a weird way to do it. But not enough for me to say it's absolutely impossible. And with him, there's enough there to make me be like, man, this guy looks pretty guilty. But there's also not enough there for me to say beyond a reasonable doubt, he did it. I really have no clue. That's why this case baffles me so much. I'm going to leave you with this. A private investigator teamed up with a psychic reader to analyze the actual bed used in Rebecca's house death. So this private eye is named Bill Garcia, and he gained possession of the bed when he just had this random meeting with a construction worker at a taco shop in Mission Hills. Okay. So this man had done some remodeling work at the Spreckles Mansion, and the bed was given to his construction company. Garcia said, I intimately worked on this case for four and a half years, so when he said one of his workers had possession of this bed, to me it was really exciting because I felt that there was something very important about that bed. Garcia had been hired to investigate the death of Rebecca Zahao by insurance companies who represented Dina Shacknai, Max's mother. Garcia said, I took pictures of the bed before I collected it. I used gloves. I wrapped it in saran wrap completely and I put it in my vehicle and took it to my home. Now, what happened next requires an open mind. Okay, so Garcia brought in a psychic named Jackie Benzinger. She's a psychic reader based out of Hendersonville, North Carolina. And she said, I opened up the bottom portion of this particular leg on the right side of the bed, the one where the rope was, and I put my hands on it and almost immediately I connected with Rebecca. Rebecca connected with me and told me immediately, yes, I was murdered. Then just a second later, Max Shachnai appeared and he said, I want to be with Rebecca. I love her. Now this psychic has worked with Bill Garcia for years on missing persons cases, and he says he really trusts her skills. He says, I think Jackie's for real. I know she has trained and been taught by some of the best on the East Coast. Skeptics are going to be skeptics no matter what. There's not much you can do to change their minds. During her reading of the bed, Bessinger said she saw how Rebecca was murdered. She said Rebecca was on the bed. She was lying down. Her eyes seemed kind of fuzzy because sometimes I feel like I'm on the inside of the person and I looked up and there was a man standing above her. And then he strangled her and she passed. The psychic also believes that Max Shacknai was murdered. She tried to connect with the boy a second time. She said, when I connected with him, he was gone. All I picked up from him was just light. So he's moved on. Bessinger said that she could not identify the alleged killers, but she believes there may have been two men in the room at the time of Rebecca's death. Garcia is worried that the case may never be solved. He said, I feel that these deaths will be overlooked essentially because of wealth, power, and some people in law enforcement that don't want to see the truth come out.
1: I completely
0: agree with him. We've talked before. We have a whole episode on psychic detectives That's where right. psychics come in and help these detectives. And it's amazing because sometimes they really are able to give information that helps to solving the case. So if this is to believe, they, you know, Rebecca was murdered.
1: So what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Well, initially I thought it could be one of two people, Adam, obviously. Mm -hmm. But then also the Mm sister-in-law. Because she texted and she didn't receive a call. So maybe she went over there. There was a fight and it ended very badly. We could go on and on about this case. There's so
0: much to talk about in this case. And we've stretch it out over two episodes and I still have just given you the highlights because this could be like a whole series and that is one of the theories that perhaps the sister-in-law along with originally Dina was looped in but then they were able to corroborate that Dina was at the hospital that Nina may have been involved Mm -hmm. that protective aunt that protective sister Yep. she's ticked I can't say that I wouldn't be really angry at whoever was in charge of my kid when some terrible freak accident happened. I can't say that as a mother, I wouldn't be like, what happened? Right. I think that's kind of human nature. Why did this happen on your watch? What were you doing? Right. Both the Shacknai family and Dina's family have come out and said that they
1: don't blame Rebecca. Mm -hmm. But I also think he would say that. At least in the beginning, that's gotta be your initial gut reaction to the situation. Even if that's not truly how they feel, when
0: Rebecca dies suspiciously and there's a question as to whether it was suicide or a homicide, right? I don't think anybody smart is going to come out and be like, well, I did kind of blame her. Who's You're going to absolve that? yourself from having any bad feelings towards her whatsoever. Of course. I feel like it would only be natural to feel some blame and anger. I truly don't know. I just have a super hard time imagining a woman hanging herself... In that way, like we've already talked about. I mean, right. I'm, too humiliating to do on purpose. Just all of it put together. To me, that goes beyond I feel bad. I feel guilty. I even feel suicidal. Yeah, like, that's, that's, like that's real, a completely like, different category. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people who, you know, experience these types of things or do these types of things to himself, maybe they do hide it very well. But I feel like that's to do something so just kind of mean to yourself, so right. violent. This was a violent death and to be so violent to yourself and so like degrading to yourself.
1: Yeah, it's bad enough that you're killing yourself, but to do all this extra stuff. Right. And and to leave this note on the door that doesn't make sense. Right.
0: I feel like that's a a type of like self-hate that would have been somewhat apparent in her personality. Like maybe people didn't see that side, but at least be like, yeah, when she got upset, she got really big highs, really big lows. The people who knew and loved her, none of them say that that is a side of her personality they ever saw.
1: And like you said in the last episode, she had a perfectly normal conversation with her sister. Right. You know, just, you know, have mom call me. See you later. Right.
0: Now that was before to be benefit of it to be, the, to be really open minded. That was before she got that voicemail that we don't know what it was said. Oh, right. The way my mind goes, my mind, did he call her up
1: blaming her? Yeah, that's t- totally a possibility.
0: This is probably one of my like top five. I have quite a few where I'm like. I want
1: to know. I want
0: to know. I need to know. And this is one of them. That's the case of Rebecca Zahau. Okay, Paula, do you have
1: anything for us for the Time to Kill segment? Okay, so I don't really listen to true crime podcasts anymore now that I do one. But I listen to lighter stuff like Conan O'Brien, Smartless, and The Office Ladies. I know you like that one too. Oh, I love it. I love listening to Conan when I'm on the treadmill because it always makes me laugh. And it passes the time faster. His podcast is called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And he actually does a mini-sode every other week called Conan O'Brien Needs a Fan. And that's where he talks to a fan for 20 minutes. And it's always interesting to hear what other people do for a living. They all sound really cool and unique. This one man in an episode was a pathologist. He said he did 70 autopsies. And most of the time they are inconclusive, which I thought was both interesting and frustrating.
0: Wow, that's so, I would have never have known that. Right.
1: And he's absolutely right when he said that shows trick you into thinking just because you do an autopsy, you automatically find out the cause of death. I totally would have thought you find out the cause of death. Yeah, he's he said it's more the opposite. You don't normally find something. Wow. They were also talking about how you don't have to be medically trained in some places to be a coroner. They are elected. I remember driving around Myrtle Beach when I was visiting some friends, and seeing these signs vote for so-and-so for coroner. And I remember thinking how weird I thought that was. So I went online to learn a little more. There are 1,600 counties in the United States that elect their coroners. Did you know that?
0: I knew that they were elected, but if I'm completely honest, I get medical examiner and coroner kind of confused sometimes. I think they're very similar positions but I think there's also some pretty obvious differences and I'm not sure
1: I know them. Okay, the elected coroner is a paid position with health benefits. They make roughly $60,000 per year. Depending on where you live and their medical statutes, you may not even need medical training. You just need to be old enough to be on the ballot. So what do they do? They pronounce someone dead, sign a death certificate, and they can even be the one to notify the next of kin. They do not do autopsies. Those are performed by the mental examiner. So that's the difference. Okay. Yeah. So I could be a coroner. Just, oh, yeah, she's
0: dead. Here's my signature. She's yeah, dead. Here's my
1: signature. And your political affiliation is not a factor. You just need to be publicly popular. So it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. Okay. Your little vote for me signs literally just say, vote for me. I'm Cynthia. I'm running for coroner. So I really could be a coroner because yeah. I don't like dead bodies.
0: But since I don't have to do anything with them other than, like, look at them and say, yep, dead. I also
1: wanted to find out how old you have to be. Mm-hmm. The information I found said you have to be at least 18 and have a high school diploma, which is still a lot younger than I thought. And again, this varies by state, as does all the other requirements. The info I'm sharing is just general and does not apply to every county equally. That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay.
0: So the medical examiner is the one who really does all the work.
1: (laughs) Correct, they're the one with the medical training. They do the autopsy.
0: So I wonder if they get paid more. I would assume so. But however, it could be like the the doctor-nurse thing or the paralegal-attorney thing, where like the nurse, the paralegal does as much, if not more, (laughs) work Mm -hmm. than the attorney or the
1: doctor, but then- The one with the higher position just comes in (laughs) and signs their name, and all right, I get paid more, here's my signature. So, okay. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Everyone, thank you for listening. Check out our website for pictures and links corresponding to each episode at dollsanddoom.com. Follow us on social media and leave a comment.
0: And remember, stay alive so you don't end up on the wrong side of the grass.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.